Well, today, um, it's a little bit different Sunday for us. Uh, we are calling this weekend Vision Weekend, and um, we're not really going to do a, a Bible study uh, per se today. It's going to be more of a, a chat, more of a talk, going to just kind of share um, some things with you um, that the Lord has put on our heart as we move into 2019. Um, next week, we're going to um, dive in deep into a brand new study in the book of Ephesians, but but um, let's go ahead and pray, and then we'll jump into this. Father, I thank you for this church family. Thank you, Lord, for just the years that you have um, allowed me to be a part of this group. And um, Lord, I pray today that you would um, just communicate the things that you've put on our heart and that you'd give me grace to be able to, to do that in a way that would encourage and inspire and even challenge, um, Lord, that we might be as individuals and as a church all that you want us to be. So we give you this time in Jesus' name, amen. Well, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2, and it's where God speaks to the prophet Habakkuk, and he, he gives him this word. He says, write the vision and make it plain on tablets so that those who read it may run with it. And I love that. I love that especially as, you know, being a lead pastor and the idea that part of what I do is to cast vision. And, and, and I want to be able to do that in a way where, hey, I'm writing the vision, making it plain so that we can read it, we can run with it, we can get what God is wanting, you know, um, us to be about and to be doing. And during the time that I was rehabbing from my hip replacement surgery, the Lord was putting three words on my heart that just kind of kept coming over and over again. I'd like you to write these down. They're the words identity, intentional, and impact. Three important words. Identity, intentional, and impact. And the more that I sought the Lord, the more I began to just sense from the Lord that these three words were going to be important in this coming year for our church. But not just for us collectively as a group that gathers together, but for all of us individually who call Calvary Vista our church home. Because you see, if the only time we're focused on these things is in our gatherings here on Sundays or Saturday nights or Wednesdays or at men's group or women's group or young adults, if the only time that we're focused on these things is in our gatherings, then what God really desires to do in us and through us is gonna have a limited effect. No, so this is not just for us as a group, but it's for us as individuals. I think this is a word from the Lord for us as individuals as we head into this new year. So this morning, I want to break down these three words and how the Lord, I think, wants us to relate to them personally as well as corporately. So I want to start with the first word, identity. And I believe that God is wanting Calvary Vista more than ever to more consistently discover our identity in Christ. Who we are in Jesus and who Jesus is in us. 
Now, how are, how are we going to do that? Well, back in September, long before the Lord kind of impressed these things upon my heart, um, I was talking to our media team, and we were, you know, talking about, they were asking me about, hey, what's next? What's, what, what are we going to be studying in January? And remember at that time, we were going through a little series in the book of Proverbs, and I knew after that that I was going to be having this hip replacement surgery and having some guest speakers come in, and we were going to do a series on the grace of God, and then that was going to lead into our series, our Christmas series, and, and that's kind of unusual for us to have you know, three or four series like that right in a row. And that had kind of been what we were doing because normally we're studying through a book of the Bible. Um, We do on Wednesdays right now, we're going through the New Testament. We're going to pick up in the new year in the book of Romans. But on, you know, Sunday morning, we kind of uh, just, I just kind of pray and we seek the Lord and as the Lord kind of directs us. And and so we were praying and just, they were asking me, you know, what's on your heart? And what God had been putting on my heart was the book of Ephesians. And I was really excited about that because I love the book of Ephesians. In fact, if there was any other book in the Bible besides one of the Gospels, because I love to just focus on Jesus, um, it would be the book of Ephesians, would be a book that I would really, really want to teach. And God kept impressing that upon my heart. And so I was excited about that. I am excited about that. In fact, the the theologian P.T. O'Brien called the book of Ephesians one of the most significant documents ever written. Other theologians have referred to this book as doctrine set to music, the crown of St. Paul's writings, theological gold, and William Owen Carver called it the greatest piece of writing in all of history. And Ephesians is about identity formation. The theme is really about discovering who we are in Christ. In fact, Paul will use this phrase, in Christ or in him, 22 times in this book because it's so much about us understanding our relationship to Jesus and who we are in him and who he wants to be in us and how that's supposed to play out in our day-to-day lives and relationships and in every facet of our lives. And knowing what our spiritual identity is will affect how we walk with the Lord as well as how we warfare, how we do battle because we are in a spiritual battle. You see, the book of Ephesians can be divided into three parts. The first three chapters deal with the wealth of the believer. And what I mean by the wealth is is the blessings that are ours in Christ. In fact, Paul will use that exact phrase in chapter 1. It's all about who we are in Christ. It's all about our identity. And so we're going to spend some time really drilling down deep into that concept. The second part of the book deals with our walk. It gets real practical. Chapters four through six are are how we walk. Because of who we are in Christ, because of who Christ is in us, that should affect the way that we walk, the way that we live in, in every facet of our lives, whether it be our family life, our friendships, our work environment, our hobbies, whatever it might be. And so that's the second part of the book. And then the last part of the book, chapter six, verse 10 to the end, deals with the warfare. 
And so it's this magnificent book that lays out, you know, the, these, these incredible things that God wants us to get a hold of. And as I was thinking about this, I thought, you know, this is really interesting because this book really does um, apply to these two other words. It's not just about our identity, but it's about us being intentional. It's about us making an impact. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But our starting point in this focus on our identity is for us as a body of believers, for us as individuals to discover who we are in Christ and who Jesus is in us. In fact, if I was going to ask you a question, don't answer. I know we're being kind of casual, informal today, but don't yell out. Um, But if I were to ask you the question, just think in your mind, who are you? Who are you? How would you answer that question? You know, I think some of you might answer, some of you ladies might say, well, I'm Mary, I'm John's wife. Or I'm Mary, I'm I'm the, the mother of Billy and Katie, But you know what's interesting about that answer, and maybe you've answered in that way at some point or uh, or another at some time, but that's not really who you are. What that's describing is who you're connected to. But sometimes our identity is found in our family relationships. A guy might answer that question, hey, hey, who are you? He might say, well, hey, I'm Joe and I'm a plumber, or I'm Bill and I'm a consultant. But again, that's not who you are, that's what you do. And you see, a lot of Christians are suffering today from what I would call an identity crisis. They live unaware of the source of their identity until change occurs. And a lot of times the change comes in the way of a hardship or a difficulty. For instance, it might be a change in in the marriage. Maybe the marriage collapses and suddenly because your your identity was in being married to so-and-so, suddenly you, you feel lost. Or, or maybe the kids grow up and they're leaving the house and your identity has been in being the parent of so-and-so. And so again, suddenly you feel lost. Or maybe it's because, you know, you, the, the job changes and, and, and you get laid off or your company shuts down. And again, because your identity was focused on, on what you did, you feel lost. You're like, who am I? What, what am I supposed to be doing? And here's the tragedy. A lot of times when that happens, people will look, if their identity has been in one of those other things, they'll look for something else to fill that void, to become their identity. And consequently, what ends up happening is they repeat this entire painful process over and over again in their lives, and they end up going from one addiction or one compulsion to another or one religious commitment to another or one relationship to another, and all the while not really realizing it, but what they're doing is they're seeking to try to figure out, who am I? Guys, we need to find, as believers, our identity in Jesus Christ and who we are in him. 
And the fact that he has chose us, that he's drawn us to, our, to himself. And so in the beginning part of 2019, beginning next week, we're going to drill deep in these first three chapters of the book of Ephesians and really looking at and studying and reacquainting ourselves and getting a handle on who we are in Christ. And then we want to see how that affects, how it's meant to impact every other part of our lives. It was Andrew Murray who said this, the world asks this question, what does a man own? But Christ asks, how does he use it? And you know, how we use what we own is directly connected to who we are, who we understand that we are in Christ. This brings me to the second word, intentional. You see, as I said, chapters four through Six of this book really deal with the practical. It deals with the intentional, how we're to walk as believers in in a dark world. The first section, chapters one through three, it's doctrinal in focus. The second section, chapters four through six, is practical in focus. But here's what a lot of Christians do. They want to jump to the practical That's why in a lot of Christian bookstores today, the best-selling books are the Christian, what we call self-help books, the ones that that talk to us about how to have a better marriage or how to be a better this or how to be, and those are the ones that, that, you know, are the best sellers because we're so obsessed with with the how. How can I do this? But, But if we don't understand the who, if we don't understand who we are before we jump into the how, we're gonna be messed up. It's kind of like a quarterback going into a football game who doesn't know the playbook. He might do, you know, good for a little while, a couple plays on sheer ability, but pretty soon he's going to feel really and look really, really lost out there. And when it comes to walking with Jesus and living for Jesus in every area of your life, many believers are lost. They experience nothing of what the Bible describes of a Holy Spirit-filled life, a Holy Spirit-led life, and a Holy Spirit-empowered life. And so their Christian experience is really a shadow of what it should be. So here's what Paul does. He spends the first three chapters talking about this is who you are. And then only after we get a handle on that This is who you are in Jesus. He starts to get really, really intentional about how we're supposed to walk and how we're supposed to live. And maybe more than in any other book, he does it in a very, very practical way that affects every area of our lives. I mean, he'll talk about our speech. He'll talk about our thought life. He'll talk about our family life. He'll talk about how we're to walk and live in the workplace. He'll talk about how we're to walk and live in our friendships. And all of that is in that second part where he gets really, really, really intentional. And so this is uh, one of the things that we're going to see. And I think the Lord has for us is, is being very intentional in our walks with the Lord. Maybe more so than ever. Another way that we as a church are going to get intentional as it relates to this study is in our social media. So beginning a week from tomorrow, we are going to, every single Monday, 
on our Instagram and Facebook page, we're going to put out a quote that relates to our identity in Christ. So there'll be a cool quote, uh, might not be anything that was from the Bible study, but just a neat quote that just reminds us, hey, this is who we are in Christ. This is what God does when we understand who we are in him. And then every single Tuesday, we're going to put out on Instagram and Facebook a verse from our study in Ephesians that'll be kind of like a memory verse, something for us to, to grab a hold of. And just think about it. If we all just began to look at these verses and try to put them to memory, that by the end of this study, we would have significant portions of the book of Ephesians, especially ones dealing with our identity in Christ, in our hearts. How powerful will that be? And I really encourage you to, if you don't follow Calvary Vista on you know, social media, start doing it and, and like and share you know, these uh, verses and quotes that we're going to be putting out. As I was praying about this word intentional, I started to realize that God was stirring some of the people on our ministry team here in a very similar way. And I hadn't shared any of this with them. In fact, this is the first time I've sharing this with anybody. In fact, I didn't even share this with my wife. Um, but uh, this is just with things stirring on my heart. But it was interesting because in our, for instance, our women's ministry, my wife Denise and Yvonne, who lead the women's ministry and their leadership, they are, as they head into this new year, being very, very intentional in their study, and they're doing something completely different. Usually, you know, women's study meets on Monday nights and Thursday mornings, and usually they're studying through one book of the Bible together, and and uh, all the ladies are kind of on the, the same page, you know, in that. But this year, the Lord really, really stirred their heart to do something completely different. And in doing this year, what they're going to do is they're still going to be gathering on Monday nights and Thursday mornings, but as, as they meet, they're going to actually offer five study options and kind of tailoring this to really the, the needs of the women in, in our church. And so they're being very, very intentional about the options, I think, that are listed here on, behind me. It's like, hey, here's some things that we want to really focus on that we feel like God is wanting ladies in our church to focus on. And if you're not a part of the women's ministry, I, I encourage you, dive in in 2019. Make that a part of your life. I'm excited about what they're doing. Our men's ministry is also getting intentional about what we're going to do with the men. Along with the normal great studies that are happening, you know, the guys that meet on Sunday nights, they're going through 2 Timothy, great study on leadership. Encourage you guys to check that out. Um, there's a men's study that meets on Monday night in a house. You can get information about that. Another one that meets on Thursday nights over in Shadow Ridge. But something new that we're doing in this year is we're going to be launching on Thursday nights. It's a 10-week course called the Conqueror Series. And the Conqueror Series is really aimed at helping men walk with Jesus in integrity, in purity, and free from addictions. It's a cinematic study. It's great video, and there's going to be groups, and it's just really, really a, a, a great study aimed at, at building up the men in our church. Now, the Thursday study is full. We had signups for 50 guys. It filled up really, really fast. So we're going to actually be adding a Monday night study. Jamie, our young adults pastor, is going to take the young adult men through that, and we're inviting any of the other men who would like to 
be a part of that on Monday nights to plug into that 10-week study. And um, it's just going to be really, really an awesome study. And we'll have more information next week about how you can get involved in that. We're going to be intentional this year, guys, in our men's breakfast in our men's steak and studies. In fact, we're gonna alternate. One month will be a breakfast, the next month will be a steak and study. On those steak and studies, we're gonna invite some guys to come in, um, some different pastors to come in and just really share and encourage and build up you know, men in our church. And we really wanna encourage you guys to be a part of that. I think it's gonna be really, we're just taking a very intentional approach. And then there's a couple other things that we're gonna launch that we're gonna, you know, just as the year goes, on that are really, really directed toward the men. I think we're, we're, we're taking a very intentional approach and focus toward the men in our church in this coming year because I believe, as it's been said, as the men go, so goes a family, and as the men go, so goes a church. And so in 2019, we're going to really, really be focusing on you guys. We're going to be after you a little bit, so um, get ready for that. But it's because we love you, and we want to grow together as a group of guys. We're taking a very intentional approach in the way that we're going to start this year. We are starting this year with a week, January 13th through the 18th, a week of prayer and fasting. We are going to have 16 different prayer gathering opportunities um, every night, Sunday night through Friday night, every morning, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. in the coffee shop. I'll be leading that uh, group as well as the evening sessions. And then every day at noon, Monday through Friday, 12 to 1, one of our pastors will be leading that prayer time. Um, now, we did this in September, and it was, in, it was incredible. In fact, in those 16 gatherings, we had a combined attendance of over 1,000 people in our church that came uh, out to those prayer gatherings, and it was a powerful time. Now, understand, when I say a combined attendance, there were a lot of people who went every sing- to, to every single gathering. So, you know, realistically, there was probably maybe 400 people that took part in it that week, but I know there was a lot of you that didn't, and I want to encourage you this time to, to get involved, to come out. Doesn't mean that you have to pray in a group but I guarantee you in being here, the Lord's going to meet you. The Lord's going to do something. The Lord's going to encourage you. We had people get healed. We had people get words. We had people get free from addictions. I mean, it was just amazing what God did in that time. And the Bible promises us. Here's a promise. It says, the Lord is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And we're going to start the new year off saying, Lord, we want to diligently, intentionally, passionately seek you as a church. We want to draw near to you. Each night in our night sessions, I'm going to be meeting with our leadership, our pastors, some of our home group leaders. For an hour before, we meet in the coffee house and we pray. Because you see, we go into this whole week without an agenda. It's not like, okay, this night we're going to pray about this, this night we're praying. We just go each night and we gather together as a group of guys and say, okay, Lord, speak to us. What, What do you want the focus to be tonight? 
And it was amazing as he would just lay different things on our hearts and it was just so line up and it would just be such a a sweet, sweet time. And so I really do want to encourage you to get intentional and join us for this very, very powerful, very, very special week that we are going to be getting together. Now, when we talk about fasting, Fasting is really about this. It's cutting out something from your life. It could be food. It could be technology. It could be some activity that you say, okay, this week I'm not going to do this. And the normal time that I would normally do that, I'm going to spend just seeking the Lord. He'll bless you for that. You know, some people, they fasted all week long. Others did, you know, sort of a partial fast. I, my fast was I ate a very, very, like a couple of nuts in the morning and that was all I had, you know, the, the whole day. I'm not going to do that this time. And uh, I lost 10 pounds. Um, but uh, <clears throat> that's the reason why I'm not doing it. But because I'm still, I'd like to lose 10 more pounds. But um, because I'm still doing rehab on my hip, I actually need fuel right now um, for the healing process. So I'm not going to be able to do a full food fast, but I'm going to fast in other things. And I encourage you to do that as well. So don't feel this pressure like, oh, I'm not fasting you know, from food all week. That's okay. It's okay. It's you putting aside a little bit of extra time to seek the Lord, and he's going to meet you in that. He's going to bless you in that. He's going to encourage you in that. He's going to strengthen you in that. And here's what I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. Come out the first night. Just come out the first night. We meet, center section, we worship, and then we set the side section. We have circles where we get in circles. We just pray together. Again, you don't have to pray, but uh, you just can be in that group, participate. But it's powerful, and I guarantee you, you come the first night, you're going to want to come again. And it was interesting, as we were <clears throat> planning this and just looking you know, toward this, the Lord had been putting something on um, Pastor Pete, our worship pastor's heart, um, for our church that he shared with um, a couple of us right at the beginning of December. And um, I actually wanted him to come up today and share this because it really just flows into this whole idea of being intentional. So I'm going to have Pete come up right now. Awesome. Good morning again, church. How are you? Okay, I asked for service that question, and you should have seen their faces. They looked like they were still processing all of this. But this is so beautiful, isn't it? That the Lord has put this vision on Pastor Rob's heart, and um, it's really amazing to serve. And I, I'm, I'm blessed to serve under a pastor that um, is seeking the Lord and hearing from the Lord for where our church is going. And isn't it a blessing to be a part of what, what the Lord is doing in and through his church? Uh, it's amazing. And so I'm really excited for a new opportunity that's coming up in 2019, a new ministry um, opportunity that we're going to be launching um, that we are calling Magnify Nights. And uh, it's based on the Psalm 69:30, which reads, I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. And the heart of these nights is that Magnify um, would be an evening uh, for our church to come together and to devote an entire evening to worship and waiting on the Lord. 
opportunities for prayer, um, opportunities to break bread with each other before, to share a meal, and then to come into the sanctuary and to engage passionately as the church in corporate worship and waiting on the Lord for him to speak to us, for him to give us new vision for ourselves personally and, and for our church, and really to have opportunities for us to come together more as a body to do this. One of the things that I love about you, Calvary Vista, one of the things that our worship ministry loves about you is that you are passionate and that you sing. It's amazing. You sing. And um, I mean, you're supposed to sing, but I mean, you sing. It's, it's a beautiful thing. And um, there's never been a moment, I don't think, where, um, unless I was totally um, messing up a song, but um, there's never really been a moment where I felt like the body here is not engaging in worship and singing and participating. And so, you know, one of the evenings that we look forward to every year where we get to come together as a church is our Thanksgiving Eve service, right? It's a very powerful evening of, of worship and waiting on the Lord and we hear testimony. But really, I think what makes that, what, what makes that evening so beautiful is that we're, we're devoting an entire, entire service to, to worship and to singing and to giving thanks. It's a powerful. And so what the Lord stirred on my heart is, well, why don't we multiply that? And so we're going to multiply that every quarter um, of 2019 on a Friday evening, not a normal evening where we meet. We're going to invite you to come out. Um, we're going to have a killer food truck. There's this food truck I've been looking at. It's called Yahweh's Tacos. Come on. Doesn't get better than that. Yahweh's Tacos. I'm telling you, these tacos are incredible. Yeah, probably six to seven, there's going to be tacos, opportunity for you to get food, bring your kids after work, you know, have, a, have the family come out. Um, and then we're going to come into the sanctuary and we're going to spend a good hour, hour and a half of just worshiping and um, celebrating um, our risen Savior. And uh, the Lord really put on my heart that each evening would carry a theme. Um, and so... I'm excited for this first evening, this first magnifying night at the end of the week of prayer and fasting on January 18th, um, because the theme that the Lord had put on my heart for our first magnifying night was the theme of surrender. And the week of prayer and fasting is a, is a week of surrender, right? I mean, the whole idea behind fasting is that you're, you're literally giving up, you're surrendering something to hear from the Lord. And so it's really cool to see how the Spirit's moving in this way. And so, yeah, our first magnifying night will be on January 18th here at the church after the week, right at the end of the week of prayer and fasting. And I can't, I can't imagine a better way to start the new year. And um, I can't imagine a better way to end that week than to come and to passionately just express our love and our thanksgiving um, to our Heavenly Father. And so really want to encourage you to mark your calendars and be praying for this because um, we're really, really excited. And in that same vein, I forgot to mention this um, first service, but we're also going to continue to be intentional um, in, in our worship ministry by pouring into the next generation. And so in January, we're launching our Heart of Worship Winter Session. And I mentioned this a couple Sundays ago. But if you have a child that's in the junior high range, high school range, and they're interested in serving in, in, in music, and they, they're, they're interested in, in using their gifts for God's glory, really want to encourage you to sign them up. And so we have this session running in January. You can get more information online at calvaryvista.com slash H-O-W, how. But um, these are areas where, as a church, we want to be more intentional, and we want to see what the Lord would do in and through us. Amen? And so mark your calendars, magnify nights, it's going to be, it's going to be exciting, and, and um, you know, consider inviting a friend or someone who maybe doesn't know the Lord, um, because I really think the Lord wants to do something special through these evenings, so let's be anticipating what he's going to do. So I'll pass it back to Rob. Thank you.
Thanks, Pete. Another area where we're going to be intentional in 2019 are with our what we call our First Things First nights. And uh, if you've never been to a First Things First, it happens on uh, one of the Wednesday nights that we set aside in, and it's, uh, we, we kind of bring everything off the stage and bring it down in the middle of the room, down on the floor, get everybody in tight. And it's an evening where we have a short word and then we spend the rest of the night just responding to that worship, waiting upon the Lord. Uh, but this year... We, we're going to have a little bit of a focus on those nights, a little more intentional. God impressed on my heart that we're going to focus on um, in our little words, and again, they're like 10, 15 minutes on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So each night, we're going to take one of the different gifts that Paul lays out in the gifts of, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 to look at, to consider, what is it, how does it work, how does it function, what is its place in the body. And it's interesting because Paul wrote this in, in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 1, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Now it's interesting that Paul said that because one of the things that in the body of Christ today at large that a lot of Christians are very, very ignorant about are spiritual gifts. And a lot of times it's because they've seen abuses, you know, they've been, you know, maybe in a church or a setting or seen on TV where people are, you know, falling over or, or laughing, you know, uncontrollably or barking like dogs or running around the room. And they're like, I want no part of that. Well, guess what? I don't want any part of that either because that's not biblical. But the gifts are biblical. They are for today. And God has laid out in his word how they're supposed to function. And so we're going to spend beginning January 9th. That'll be our first, first things first night. We're going to look at the gift of prophecy and we're going to take, you know, 10, 15 minutes, look at it, spend the, the rest of the night responding to it. And, you know, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts. But I ask you this question, how can you pursue something that you don't know what it's about? You don't know what it is. So we're going to focus, intentionally focus on these gifts and what they mean um, for us because Paul would say there in 1 Corinthians 14 that these gifts are for the building up, the edification, the strengthening of the church. So first word, identity. We're going to drill down deep into what Paul says about our identity in Christ. Then we're going to get very, very intentional about, in, in the book of Ephesians, what it looks like to walk knowing who we are in Christ, and we're going to get intentional in some of our focus and pursuit as a church, and the result of those two things is this, third word, maximum impact. Result of knowing who you are in Christ and intentionally living according to that reality, the the result of that is maximum impact. And that's what we're really desiring for our church as we head into this new year is that every single one of us, our prayer for every person in this body is that 2019 would be a year that they experience maximum impact for Jesus. One of the clear ways that we do that is in having victory over our enemy. It was Warren Wiersbe who said this, that the Christian life is not a playground, it's a battleground. Do you guys know that there is an enemy, a real enemy of your souls? The Bible refers to him as Satan, the devil, 
and he doesn't like you. In fact, to be quite honest, he hates you. Doesn't that make you feel good? Aren't you glad you came to church today? What'd you learn? The devil hates me. Yeah. But the Lord has given us a way to be victorious. And so the last part of the book of Ephesians, he lays out and talks about the spiritual armor that we're to put on. And it's all connected, again, to our identity in Christ. And so we're going to dive into that. We're going to look at that. We're going to study that so that we can learn to walk and be victorious for the Lord and have a year of maximum impact in living for him and serving him. And as a church, we're going to be looking for ways to make a maximum impact in our community through local outreach. Early in the year, I'm planning to meet with some of our city leaders and just ask them, hey, what are some of the needs in our community? And then to come as a body of believers and say, hey, here's a need, here's something I think we should pray about and see if there's something that God wants us to do to be a part of meeting that need. Kind of like what we're doing right now with the backpack program and helping homeless kids get a meal for the weekend. We want to just be open to that type of thing because I believe with all of my heart that God has a purpose for us being here. That we're not in this location, in this city, by accident. That God has placed us here for a reason and a purpose in this community so that we can be the church, that we can be his arms and his feet and his hands and his heart in reaching out to a community. So when we hear of a need, we want to pray and see, Lord, how would you want us to help? I love this quote from Beth Moore. Bible teacher, she said this, this is our time on the history line of God. This is it. What will we do with the one deep exhale of God on this earth? For we are but a vapor and we have to make it count. We're on. Direct us, Lord, and get us on our feet. There's a woman who understands that we exist for a purpose a purpose in God's kingdom. I love what Chuck Swindoll said. He says, we're all faced with a series of great opportunities brilliantly disguised as impossible situations. I love that quote because oftentimes we'll see the great opportunity, but then we look at ourselves and we think that's impossible. I could never do that. I could never meet that. But God wants us to see it that way because when we see that it's impossible, we're going to be dependent upon him. And that's when he can do something great. It was D.L. Moody who said, if God is on your side, make your plans big. And I like that. We understand that God is moving and working. Now, when we talk about impacting our community, being placed here as a body, I realize that that's a challenge for some of you because you don't live in Vista. In fact, show of hands, how many of you here don't live in Vista? Okay, quite a few of you, a lot more last service. So I understand. For some of you, the only time that you even come into Vista is when you come here to church. I mentioned that last night, and some lady said, amen. (laughs) And I was like, hey, we like our city, okay? God's put us here for a reason and purpose. But we understand that, okay, he has put us here, and, and we believe he wants us to make an impact here, but 
we also have a heart and we want to make an impact in North County as a whole. So if you live in a community where where there's a need, feel free to share that with us because we are a part of a great network of churches, about 70 strong here in North County that we call One Church. It's evangelical, Bible-believing churches. And I know pastors in every single city and whenever there's a need, we can come together and we can, as this church, partner with that church and say, hey, let's see what God might want to do. So we have a heart for God to move and work in this in this whole community. We want to see maximum impact for Calvary Vista. And that means again, not just us as a whole, not just the the place here, but but all of you. We also want to have that maximum impact as it relates to um, our reach in the world through missions. And one of the things the Lord has impressed on our heart from the very, very beginning as it relates to this is that we want to be, we feel like God wants us to be sharpshooters and not a shotgun blast. Let me explain the difference. You know, if you take a shotgun, one that shoots kind of the buckshot, the BBs, and you shoot it at a wall, it makes just a bunch of little tiny dents in the wall. And a lot of churches, a lot of Christians, they're like that. They're like all over the place and they're just making a lot of little tiny dents and there's nothing wrong with that. But for us, we feel like God wants us to be sharpshooters in making a big dent, a big impact in one or two or three or four areas. Where, he feel, where we feel like God has you know, led us and directed us and he's given us you know, the, the means and he supplied us with what, what, what we need to be able to do that. And we know that, that part of our focus has been in two areas of the world. In New Zealand, we have an outreach trip coming up there in uh, late February and March as well as in Africa, primarily in Uganda. We had two uh, teams that went there last year. We have another team going in um, this year in, in April. We also have people that are in our body that have been involved in Malawi and, and some other places in the African continent. And we really feel like God has led us there and we want to continue to be led there. But we also want to be open if God is leading in a new direction to be praying about that. And, but we want to continue in that vein where we feel like God has said, look, I want you guys to be sharpshooters. But, but here's my heart for all of you here is I'd like to see all of you in this body get a little more intentional about being involved in missions. I'd love to see some of you go on a mission trip this year. That trip going to Uganda, they're going to have a meeting about it next Sunday after this service, and we'll have some information about that. But it's life-changing what God does when he suddenly takes you to another world and, and another part of the world and uses you in that way. But I know a lot of you are never, ever going to give a chance to, to go, and that's not what God is calling you to do, but you can be involved by praying you know, instead of when we hear about the trip, just going, oh, that's nice, that's cool that they get a go, but saying, hey, I'm going to be a part of that group that stays behind, and I'm going to pray every single day for that team. Some of you can be involved in that by not going or, or and not just praying, but also in giving, that you might not be called to go, but maybe you're help, called to help somebody else go. And here's what's cool about that. As you do that, that becomes a part of your eternal reward. 
Every person that gets reached, every person that gets saved, every person gets blessed, that goes in your spiritual bank account as a part of your spiritual reward. And so we want to be um, intentional about being impactful in our community and in our world in 2019. So as we move into 2019, we're going to focus, the Lord's given us a, the focus that we receive from the Lord is identity, to really zero in on, focus on as a body of believers who we are in Christ, who Jesus is in us, to be intentional, more focused in our pursuit of Christ, in our worship of Christ, in our service for Christ, and the result of that is going to be, for every single one of us, maximum impact in 2019, and I hope you're excited about that. Are you excited about that? Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we do thank you that you call us, Lord, as people to draw near to you. We thank you that you have given us an incredible position of being in Christ. We thank you that, that the very spirit of who you are, the spirit of your son lives inside of our heart. And God, I pray as we move into this new year, as we begin to unpack the book of Ephesians, that Lord, you would reveal to us in a very, very clear and very powerful way just what that looks like and that it would affect the way that we live, that we would become more and more intentional about walking with you, serving you in every area of our lives. That in 2019, we might experience maximum impact for Jesus as a church, as individual families, and as individual people who love you and are following you. God, I thank you for this body of believers. I thank you for this group that is your church here that I get to be a part of. And I pray, Lord, that we would be growing together in our understanding of who you are and who we are in you. That we would be intentional together in pursuing you and living for you in a dark world that so desperately needs to understand and see the love of Jesus. And we look forward to great things. In Jesus' name, amen.